Welcome to the podcast from Church of the Nazarene. Please subscribe to this podcast for the latest updates and new episodes. And you can also search for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. We also invite you to join us each Sunday morning at 9 on our YouTube channel or Facebook Live. You can also join us in person at 9 or 1030 for our English services or 1145 for our Spanish service. We also invite you to join Celebrate Recovery every Monday night at 630. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Good to be with you. My name is Pastor Adrian. I'm the lead pastor here. And I've been given a lot of books in my life. Uh, Maybe you have too, but when you're a pastor, people give you books a lot. And that's great. I love that. But this is my favorite. It's my favorite. And probably you can tell because it's, you know, like 50 pages. But uh, you see, I ask a lot of questions. People that know me uh, know that about me. I, I ask a lot of questions. In conversations, I, I tend to ask a lot. And, and one of the first people to really point this out to me uh, was Lauren. We were dating in college. And I think I got this like maybe on our second date. It was like a hint, like, hey, you ask a lot of questions. So she, she gave me a book of questions. Now, that may not seem like a big deal to you, but that was phenomenal. And I've had this book now um, ever since that we were dating and I love this book. So uh, humor me for a minute. Uh, this book has 300 questions. So let's have fun for a minute. Let me pick a, a volunteer. Any volunteers today? Any volunteers? I see that hand. Give me a number between 1 and 300. We did not plan this. You can tell this by uh, how smooth we see. All right, number 76. The question is, I can tell everyone is just really, this is really good. Uh, All right, what would the title of your autobiography be, not including your name? We'll give you like five seconds to think about it. So everybody else, just five seconds, five seconds, plenty of time. Yeah, please. We'll wait as long as you need to. We didn't make any plans for after the service, so. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Robert Frost may like have copyright set, but that's good. All right, so uh, 300 questions like deep, insightful stuff, right? So, so um, again, these are the kind of questions that I like. And, and so I think that this is, some of them ridiculous, right? Some of them ridiculous questions. Like, if you could eat lunch with a famous person, who would that person be? If a song played every time you entered the room, what song would you want? I mean, it's crazy, interesting. I think they're fascinating. You think they're ridiculous. But questions, I love questions. How about you? How about you? We've created a new series uh, throughout the month of May, all about questions. Not like the random ones here in my book. Hey, thanks for uh, cooperating. Wasn't that great? We can give him a hand. Most of you um, would have broke out in cold sweats if I asked you to do that. So well done. Uh, but for this series, we're going we're gonna to hear from the greatest question asker in history, Jesus. Jesus. We, we just focused on the most important season in the life of the church, Easter. In Easter, we focused on what Jesus did, his, his resurrection, uh, overcoming the cross in the grave, overcoming death for us, what he did. In this series now, we're going to focus on what he said. Not just what he did, but what he said, specifically the questions that Jesus asked. In the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Uh, Luke and John, there are over 340 questions recorded that Jesus asked. Uh, And there were two different types of questions, okay? There are uh, rhetorical questions, 
Uh, husbands, we understand maybe this. Does this dress look, make me look fat, right? Like, uh, I think that's rhetorical. You don't want to answer that, right? I'm just going to smile and nod and, oh, let me, let, right? No, rhetorical questions are not intended to be answered. Maybe that was intended to, to have an answer. I don't think so. But rhetorical questions are not intended to be answered, but non-rhetorical questions are. So here's an example in Scripture. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, uh, Jesus asks this question, who of you, who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to their life? This is a rhetorical question. Jesus doesn't expect an answer because he already knows the answer, and, and we do too, don't we? But, but, think about later in Matthew's gospel, Matthew chapter 15, uh, uh, they bring a boy to Jesus, there's 5,000 people that are hungry, and Jesus asks the boy, how many loaves do you have? That's not a rhetorical question, he wants to know. How many loaves did you bring for lunch today, right? So, so we see both types of questions, and in this series, we're going to focus on both. So let's dive in to this week's question. Let's pause. Before we do that, I want to ask a question about questions. I told you I like questions. Right. Let's ask a question about questions. Why did Jesus ask so many questions? I ask a lot of questions because I'm curious. I ask a lot of questions because a lot I don't know, but that, that's not Jesus. He was the son of God. He didn't really have to ask any questions. Didn't he already just know everything? So why did the son of God, who had access to all the knowledge and power of God, why, why did he ask so many questions? Well, there's a few reasons. If we go back and look, we can see uh, that Jesus asked questions to engage people, to build relationship. He, he, he asked questions to reveal truth or challenge a perspective. But ultimately, he asked questions to teach us important truths about God's way and his kingdom. Sometimes there's power in leading with questions. Jesus said a lot of things. He preached, he proclaimed, he declared important truth that we can read all throughout the scripture. And often he started with a question. So today we're going to begin this series with possibly the, the question, the most important question uh, Jesus ever asked. And this morning, I believe he's asking it to you and to me. The question on the screen is this, who do you say that I am? It's hard, hard pressed to find a more important question anywhere in the gospels that Jesus asked other than this, who do you say that I am? We're going to be in Matthew chapter 16 today. If you would turn with me to Matthew chapter 16. Again, there are four gospels, and so these are four different accounts, right, uh, fr from different perspectives, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so each week, we're actually going to look at a different question from a different gospel. So today, we're going to be in Matthew's gospel, Matthew chapter 16, so we can see the context. You already know the question. You already know the question that's coming, but now let's see the context regarding what I believe is the most important question Jesus ever asked. So we're going to be in verse 13 of Matthew 16. This is the word of the Lord. It says this. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, well, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. And here's the question, right? Who do you say that I am? Well, Simon Peter answered, well, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but the Father in heaven. And I tell you, you're Peter. 
On this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that your truth has been declared. We thank you that we've gotten to sing about new life. We've gotten to experience firsthand testimonies, baptisms of new life. And we thank you that new life is in the room. And today we come to your word, believing that your word, it's not just that you have spoken past tense, you're still speaking. And so today through this question, you have uh, things that you want to ask us. So come, Lord, speak to us. Open our eyes, open the eyes of our hearts, open our minds, because we're really not interested today in our truth. We're really not interested in what just appears, feels true to us. We're desperate today to know, God, what is true to build our lives upon the foundation of your truth. So come now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? That's the question. And Jesus asks this question of his disciples, not because he was curious, not just because he wanted to hear what's the word on the street. He asks this question because it's the central question. Your life today hinges on how you answer that question. See, Jesus was inviting his disciples on a journey, and we know a little bit about the journey, right? Because we can read now the past tense, we can read now what actually happened, a journey of surrender and sacrifice and ultimately to the cross. And this question, as he asks it, really gets at the heart, gets at the heart because without this question, it's impossible to understand what all of that is about, that the cross that is coming, right? The resurrection that is coming. Without this question, it's really impossible to understand what that is truly all about. So what does this question address? This question is really about identity, the identity of Jesus. Because, listen, a true understanding of who Jesus is lies at the heart of a relationship with him and ultimately eternal life. A true understanding of who Jesus is lies at the heart of a relationship with him. So first, first, uh, no doubt, we're going to talk about what this question means for us. 2022, today, right now. It's May, by the way. Happy May. Uh, May 1st, 2022. But before we do that, let's look at it within its context. Let's look at it within the context of Matthew's gospel. So he begins, what does Jesus do? He begins by asking, well, who do other people say that I am? What is the word on the street? It's clear, it's clear that Jesus was often misunderstood. We see that throughout the gospels, don't we? He was often misunderstood. And so, it was clear the people didn't really know, but they guessed. What did they say? Some said, well, John the Baptist, and some said Jeremiah, a great prophet. But now Jesus makes it personal. Well, who do you, you, the disciples, you that have been following me, you that have had a front row seat in my life and ministry, you that saw me perform miracles, you that have been listening to me teach and experiencing the power of God, who do you say that I am? Not them, not them outside, not rumors. Uh, who do you say that I am? And Peter, maybe he's the spokesman, maybe everybody else backed up or acted, and Peter's just looking around, and he's like, well, well, you're the Messiah. You're the Son of God. And there are two meanings to what Jesus goes on to say, because it's clear, Peter, Peter gets it right. And Jesus says, oh, you're the rock. And, and it declares all of this good thing. Well, there's two different ways that that response, the rock, can be taken. The first is quite literally, Peter's name means rock. 
And so Jesus is declaring, yeah, Peter, your name, it means rock, not the wrestler, right? The rock, but, but something else here. This was the original rock, so uh, maybe he owes Peter uh, a little bit of uh, something for that name. But Peter, you are the rock. Your name means rock, and you will be a foundation upon which to... Now we know, if you've been journeying with us, you know Peter, he does some really good things, and he, he makes some mistakes. He fails. But Jesus is saying, Peter, you will be... You will be one of the key leaders. You will be part of the rock, the foundation upon which my church is built. And that's true. But there's a really other, really good interpretation also of what Jesus is saying here. So you can make a really strong case, and many scholars do, that the rock is not so much Peter, but the declaration that Peter makes. What Jesus is saying is that declaration of you are the Messiah, the declaration to say you are the Son of God, that declaration is the rock. And that declaration is the truth on which the church of Jesus Christ is built. The declaration that says, you're not just a prophet. You're not just some moral teacher. You're not just somebody that can warm fuzzies. No, no, no. You're the Messiah. You are the Son of God. That declaration is the rock upon which the church is built. I think both interpretations are true. Those in the crowd merely guessed at Jesus's identity, while Peter, Peter knew him, and he declares the truth. So that leads us to today. Imagine today, imagine today Jesus asking you that question and waiting for your response, just as I kind of awkwardly did that a minute ago, right? Oh, we'll wait, we'll wait for you, right? Imagine though today, (laughs) Jesus walks in there, well, that'd be cool, right? That'd be enough for, for, whoa, But he asks you, not you collectively, but you individually. He asks you that question, and he waits for you to respond. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Not students, well, who do your parents say that I am? Not, well, what have you always believed once upon a time? What did you once believe about me? No, no, who do you say that I am right now in your life? How would you answer See, your answer to that question really matters. It matters. It doesn't just impact what you believe, but it impacts your present and it impacts your future. So for just a moment, let's, I, I want to examine some qualities and characteristics about who Jesus is because today maybe you don't know. Maybe you don't. That's okay. Maybe today you don't really know how to answer that question. Maybe you know what the answer should be or what the answer of people around you might expect it to be. But if you're being really honest today, you're saying, I don't know. I don't know who you really are, Jesus. I don't know. And maybe today you really don't know why that question matters. Maybe you think I'm I'm just making a big deal about nothing. So I want to articulate some truth about who Jesus is. Who do you say that I am? And uh, that you'll see on the screen behind me. But first, I want you to know some things. I want you to know that Jesus was real. If we're seeking to answer that question, not just from an emotional experience or from a, this is what the right answer should be, but on the foundation of truth, who do you say that I am? Well, first, it's critical for us to know Jesus was real. He was a real, a real live person who lived and he ministered and he walked the earth. He was not some mystical deity that just floated around. He was not some historical fictional hero. He was a real person. And historical evidence points to his life. Even skeptics, even skeptics who didn't believe he was the son of God recorded evidence that he existed. Jesus was real. (laughs) He's real. 
So as we seek to answer this question, who do you say that I am? I think that's foundational. It's important to know. But next, know this. Jesus was fully God and fully man. He was fully God and fully man. His ministry points to the divinity. You see that if you read through the Gospels. You see it everywhere that he did miracles. He did things that you and I, we couldn't do on our own, right? I mean, these are miracles. There were witnesses. He actually made a blind man see. He actually calmed the storm with, with just a word. I mean, that's, that's crazy, right? That's, that's the divinity. His life was marked with power and authority that came from God because he was, he was God in the flesh. This is what Romans 9 says. Paul notes uh, the patriarchs of the faith. He's writing to the church in Rome, and he notes about these patriarchs, and he says that they are traced from the human ancestry of the Messiah, who is God. That's what Paul's saying. That the ancestry of the Messiah, who is God over all, forever praised. What is Paul saying? He's saying Jesus was, he was God. He was fully God. And at the same time, he was fully man. He wasn't like 50-50. He wasn't like, well, today I'm God and tomorrow I'm a man. No, he was fully God and fully man. He was born to a virgin, as the prophecy foretold, in humble circumstances. There was nothing spectacular about his life. He looked very ordinary. He was human. He walked the earth. He lived for 33 years as one of us. He felt pain. He experienced temptation. This is what 1 Timothy says. It says, for there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. Timothy declares he, he, was, he was fully man, Jesus. Throughout Scripture, we see titles. We, we see titles for him. And, and there are two titles that are used quite often in Scripture. The Son of Man and the Son of God, because Jesus was both. He was the Son of Man. He was a man, and yet he was the Son of God. So who do you say that I am? Jesus was fully God, and yet fully man. It's the beauty, the mystery of the incarnation. Next, next, Jesus' mission. You have to know this. Jesus' mission was to die for the sin of all humanity. Jesus walked the earth, and he ministered, and, and he did all kinds of good stuff. He performed miracles. He taught, like, good truths. People would just sit, and they wanted to listen to him. They just wanted to be near in his presence to see, what, what is he going to say next? What is he going to do next? And yes, all of that mattered because it revealed the character of who God is. We got to see God. We don't have to know what is God like. We got to see it in the life of Jesus. And while all of that is well and good, what mattered most is his mission. His teaching didn't matter the most. His miracles didn't matter the most. His mission mattered the most. His mission. Because Jesus ultimately came to die. That's what he came to do. He came to die. Uh, Luke's gospel says uh, this way. It records Jesus himself. Jesus himself said, the son of man, there's that title again, right? The son of man came to seek and to save the lost. His mission was to save the lost. 
We celebrated at Easter. We celebrated the fact that what Jesus died for, the loss, the sin of all humanity. He laid down his life for you and for you and for you. and for, That was the mission of Jesus. That's why he came. Which leads us now to the next truth, that Jesus made a way. Jesus made a way for us to be in relationship with him. You can't really separate one part of the mission with the other part of the mission. Because while we can say, and it's true, that he came to die for the sin of humanity, why would he do that? He did that because he wanted to make a way. He wanted to make a way for us to be in relationship with him. I want you to catch the big, like, unfathomable how big that is that he came to die for all but then I want you to see how personal it is that while he came to die for all yet he made a way for you each of us to be in relationship with him even in a room this size right we look around this isn't the whole world right but we look in a room like this and we're like wow how could he but but He died for all, but he made a way so that just even you could be in relationship. Even you, whatever's on your heart today, whatever you think is too big or too small or too, even you can be in relationship with the God of the universe. That's that's Jesus. He did that for you. That's truth. Jesus said, "I, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. But the good news, sometimes we read that and we say, oh, it's, it's pretty exclusive. But what he's saying is, you can come to the Father because of me. You can come to the Father because of me, because of the work that I've already done, going to do on the cross, and now that he's already done for us. Today, you can know him. You can know God. Think about that. The God that created you, you can know him. He created you. And you can know him. It's because of Jesus, not because of you. Not because of what you can do. It's because of Jesus. Finally, one more. We got to know this today. Jesus is alive. You can't, all that stuff is good, but all that stuff doesn't tell the entire story because today, so we don't talk about a God that's dead somewhere. We don't talk about a God that's, that's a, oh, I wonder, I wonder if he can hear us. I wonder if he sees. We know that Jesus came back to life and hundreds, over 500 different witnesses witnessed the resurrected Jesus in bodily form. And now he ascended to the Father in heaven. He is alive today didn't stay dead. He was raised to new life. Why does that matter? The question, who do you say that I am? See, how you answer this question makes all the difference today. It makes all the difference. It's the difference between living your life as if everything is just happening. And and for a moment, I want to put myself there in your shoes. If that's kind of how you feel, then this is a really like crazy season of life for you. If for you right now, everything in life is just happening and you're just kind of along for the ride, then I feel for you today because that's got to be overwhelming. It's got to be really frustrating. It's got to feel, it's got to feel hopeless because we're in a broken, crazy world. And if everything's just kind of happening and you're just kind of along for the ride, then wow, that's really hard. That's really hard to believe that we're just all on our own doing the best that we can. Just do, do your best. Be the best person you can. Be moral enough, good enough, kind enough, and hopefully in the end it just works out for you. 
And if that's your philosophy, that's where you are today, then, man, I care that you're here. I'm grateful that you're here. And I care about the anxiety that you might feel today. You must feel living in the world that we are filled with disruption and brokenness. But see, today, you can live your life knowing God. You can know his purpose for you. You can know his desire. You can know his peace. Whoa, think about that. In a world in which we're living, you can have peace that extends far beyond anything else happening around us. It's peace because you know him. You know the God who's in control. You know the God at the end of it all. He's going he's gonna to make all things new. We just talked about that in our last series. You can know him. You can know his promises for you. There's a lot of things that you may not know in the world in which we're living, but you can know some things because God promised it and you're, you know him because you know Jesus. See, I I wrote this down. I think this is an important statement for us today. Knowing Jesus. Knowing Jesus is at the heart of true faith and true life. Knowing Jesus. Really knowing him. It's the heart of true faith. You see, true faith is not really about all the knowledge. I like knowledge. Knowledge is important. I believe the Lord wants us to use our brains. He's given us minds and insight and reason. and We don't have to check that at the door. But true, true faith is not about just all of the reasoning. See, true faith comes by knowing Jesus, really knowing him. That's where true faith begins. And that's where true life begins. It doesn't really, the true life doesn't really come in the things that we produce and accomplish and possess and own and achieve. True life begins by knowing him knowing him. Those who were closest to Jesus were able to understand who he was, weren't they? For all the things that Peter got wrong, he got got this right, didn't he? He knew who Jesus was because he, he, he walked with him. He was close to him. Those closest to Jesus were able to understand who he was. I wonder if that's true today for us. You know, I've noted in my life, it's hard to trust someone you don't know. It is. It's hard to trust. It's hard to trust sometimes people we do know. We can be honest about that too, but it's really hard to trust someone you don't know. Why? Because trust is, it's built, right? It's built over time. It's built through shared experience. There are people in this room today that you trust because you've been through some stuff together. Hard things, difficult things, challenging things. And, And coming on the other side, there's trust there. There's trust that's built. I've shared before about my battle in trusting God sometimes. That's a challenge for me. But I've learned something through the journey. I've learned something along my journey. The more I know him, the easier it is to trust him. Now, I'm not saying it's always easy. I'm saying, though, it gets easier to trust him the more I know him. I love uh, one of my favorite lines in the Psalms. It's Psalm uh, chapter 9. You can read it later on your own. But it says this, just one line. Those who know you, trust you. Those who know you, God. That's what the psalmist is saying. He's declaring this truth. God, those who know you, trust you. Because He's kind of saying, to know you, God, is to trust you. Because that's who you are. You're trustworthy. To know you, to really know you, is to trust you. Because the more I know you, the more I realize you're, you're trustworthy. There's a lot of things in my life that are not trustworthy. 
There's a lot of people in my life. They're, they're not trust, but, but you, God, to know you is to trust you. Today, do you, do you know him? Do you just give him a shout out every now and then? Do you just beg for his help when you're in over your head? Oh, I tried everything on my own. God, help me. Or do you really, really, really desire to know him in your life? We sang these words earlier, run to the Father again and again and again. What is that saying? We can know him. We sang these words earlier that I'm laying down my religion. I'm laying down my version of religion, religiosity, right? I'm laying down my religion because I want to know you more. See, true faith doesn't come through religion. True life doesn't come through religion. It comes through relationship that was made possible through Jesus Christ. So what if today you could know him? What if today you could really, really know him? That reality, that reality would change everything for you and for me. So the question Jesus asked today, who do you say that I am? Take a look at this. Who is Jesus? That's the question. That's the question. Was he a real person? What did he say? What did he do? What made him so special? What made him different than any other man in history? The records show. His birth was a miracle. His mom was a virgin and she was pregnant. He made the blind see. The deaf hear. The mute speak. The paralyzed walk. He healed terrible diseases. He knew what was in men's minds. He knew what was in men's hearts. He knows what is in men's hearts. He knew the story of people's lives without ever having met them. He spoke with authority. He amazed teachers. He amazed everyone. Nature obeyed him. He turned water into wine. He walked on water. He walked on top of the water. He could change the weather. He fed 5,000 people from one lunchbox. He brought people who were dead back to life. He loved sinners. He loved everyone. 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 He forgave sins. He never made a mistake. He never once sinned. But we judged him. We whipped and beat him. We spit on him. And we killed him. He loved us anyway. He loves us anyway. He died for us. He died so that we wouldn't have to. He paid for our sins with his life. Did I mention he loves us? He came back to life. He was dead. Then he was alive. A lot of people saw him. He is coming back. Who is Jesus? That's a big question. That's the big question. What does it even matter? What does it matter to you? Who is Jesus? My answer doesn't matter to you. Only your answer matters to you. Who do you say that he is? Who do you say that he is? Who do you say that I am? I'm going to invite you today. Would you... 
Would you bow your heads and just close your eyes uh, for a minute? I don't think we can dive into a question like this without offering an opportunity to just pray and respond to Jesus. (laughs) He's alive. As we pray to the Father today, uh, Jesus is right there, the right hand of the Father, looking down from heaven at us. And today, I'm going to be honest, there are times in my life I, I have doubts. Maybe you thought uh, to be in church, to, to come be a part of this church, you couldn't have any doubts. Oh man, that's, that couldn't be further from the truth today. Today, I, I just want to invite you to know Jesus. There, there's all kinds of people in the room today. There's some people in the room that you're like, yeah, I've been knowing Jesus for a long time. But maybe religion has kind of crept in. Maybe it's become a little too much about you and what you can do. Maybe you, you've got to repent of some, some attitudes and some thoughts and some things that don't really please the Lord today. And Jesus has made a way for you to be in right relationship with God today. Maybe today you don't know him. Maybe you didn't know you could. Maybe it just feels so complicated. Maybe student, young person, you've kind of grown up with your parents' faith. And today, this question is personal for you. Jesus is saying, who do you say that I am? Today, maybe you're desperate for life. And the true source of life for you is going to be found in the one who gave his life for you. So all around the room uh, today, I want to invite you. I want to invite you to lean in, to, to know him. Maybe like me, you can relate to, man, sometimes it's hard to trust. And maybe the answer to that is because you need to spend some more time knowing him. So all across the room, if today your heart says, I want to know him more. Now that doesn't, that doesn't mean you don't know him yet, or maybe it does. Maybe, maybe you feel like you're at step one in your journey, or you feel like you're in step a thousand and one. But today, if your prayer is, I want to know him more, more than I do right now, I'm just going to invite you, would you just lift your hand up now as we pray? If that's you today, and you just say, I, I want to know him more in my life. I want to know him more. You can put your hands down because I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Thank you for responding in obedience. God, you you see us and none of this is a performance. None of this is to impress you or impress others. But, But Lord, sometimes we do have to respond to you when we sense your voice. And today we just sense your spirit. We sense you inviting us into relationship. Man, how can we go through the season that we just went through in Easter and somehow miss the opportunity to know you more? You sent Jesus from the throne room of heaven to become like one of us, to suffer and die on a cross so that we could know you today. There doesn't have to be anything in my life hidden from you. There doesn't have to be anything, God, that you're thinking today that I can't know because I can know you. And so today, the cry of our heart, those that lifted their hands today, just say, God, I want to know you. So for the one who's putting their faith and trust in you for the very first time, who's choosing now in this moment to turn from sin and selfishness and put their faith in you, come 
come and be their savior. They can know you. For the one who's been walking with you and it's gotten a little confusing, it's gotten a little too much about what they can do on their own. God, today they're reaching out and they're saying, I want to know you. Every one of us today with our hands lifted, declare God, I want to know you. I want to experience true faith and true life by knowing you. We pray this in faith, God. We believe you hear us and we believe you see us and we believe right now that you're responding, you're moving. There's things in our life that are gonna happen because we're praying right now. There's things in our life, wisdom from heaven that we're gonna receive because of this prayer. That There's truth, God, truth that we don't have, but we desperately need that we have access to because of this prayer in faith. We wanna know you. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. Thank you, Jesus, for your victory. It's not a past tense victory. It's a present tense. It's victory today available to us. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen. If you believe that prayer is true, would you just say amen? Amen. That just means so be it. It's just, yeah, we can applaud. That's okay, right? It's okay. Amen. So be it. So be it. And I hope you'll come back as we journey uh, next week. Next week, we're going to talk about the question. That's really part two to that question. Part one is, who do you say that I am? And, and part two is really, now what do we do? What do we do in response to who we say that he is? So I hope you'll join us again next week, Mother's Day. We'll be celebrating some stuff. It'll be an exciting day. Thank you so much for listening today. Go ahead and subscribe to our channel for updates and new episodes. And if you have any questions about our church or ministries, go ahead and email us at info at cotnaz.org.